ah, this is just a little too rich um, to do Scissor Me Daddy uh, <laughs> from, the, from the, you know, the back of the, the building. There. Um, I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. episode 1027 of the tall can audio podcast my name is matt robinson coming at you today with our buddy hanging out the passenger side of the tca ride trying to holler at you no scrub maddie lang is back how's it going man he thinks he's cute he knows he's sexy what do we think about that for the new interview? <laughs> oh my god every time <laughs> hey you're gonna throw a you gotta keep these coming uh what's happening man how you been no. Uh, thank God this is a podcast because nobody had to watch me dance as I said out loud. <laughs> Doing the uh, the old Shawn Michaels strip tease, yikes! Yeah, with the little spinneroo, you of know. Of course, man. Of course. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I'm doing good, buddy. You know, just settling into the old fall weather here and in the big smoke. Yeah, everything's gray as usual. Including your uh, your aging hair, it's uh, it's going oh, to get hey, there. No point. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey! It's it, listen. I just keep it uh, keep it a little tight lately, so that, nobody that, sees of course, it. Man, I totally sneaking in, that. you know. A month or two ago, I saw my barber for the first time in like three years or what? Uh, two years, whatever it's been. He's like, eh, there's a lot more silver here than the last time. I was. <laughs> and I was like, I appreciate you calling it silver, man. I really do. That's uh, that's very generous. Yeah. Of you. yeah. That's a guy who knows his customers. Yeah, exactly. How well, right? For sure, for sure. Uh, did you bring a pint to the table today? I did. And before you ask me for a taste, I got to pour it into a glass, but it's coming out of a can. And, I, you know, I got to do the old tall can. There That's it goes. A, that a boy. So uh, some of the listeners, some of the good listeners anyways, not the bad ones, but the good ones who are also <laughs> on Twitter would have seen me post this one the other day. This is from... Uh, Salter Street down in Leslieville, Ontario. Hmm. Um, it is an oyster stout. Nice. So it's a dark, dark, deep stout. Um, I did, like to tell you again, I had one on Saturday during the Leaf game. It was good, mm-hmm. not amazing. Um, and, and I say that only from the, the stance of I love stouts, sure. especially during this time of year as it gets a little bit colder. Um, there is a little subtle bit of an oysterish flavor. I think I just felt it was, it was maybe a little too carbonated okay. for how I like my stouts. And I think that was my big complaint, but nice, deep, chocolatey brown. Um, and for any of you who are looking for Salter Street, it is a smaller brewery. It is like, if anybody knows Leslieville, and I'm sure some of the listeners do, it is like most things down an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not walking there on a beautiful Saturday, like I was, it can look a little scary and a little concerning to where you're going because you have to go down off Queen Street. You go south to the end of the street, and there's just a little sign that says "Beer This Way," <laughs> and it seems like what else do you how need? They that's, were, that's a sign yeah. I'm going to follow. I don't care. <laughs> and there's like you know a random Leslieville Park with no lights. You kind of like that you kind of got to walk past and back kind of up the alleyway. But uh, once you get in, beautiful, uh, very friendly. All the tables or half the tables are on uh, beer barrels. Kind of a cute little place. Nice, yeah. um, much better during the summer when they got the patio out. But there's my plug for the guys there. And I don't know anybody there. Just they make decent beer. All right. All right. Uh, I've only ever had, I think, one oyster stout. It was up here uh, at a place that has that did not survive the pandemic, which was a bummer. Uh, but it was called Bureaucracy. And uh, yes, not far from from downtown. 
And I remember having one there and expecting kind of like what you just said, like a little stronger on the the oyster side of it or something. And I, even that, yeah. I didn't really know what to expect, but I remember being kind of plain. So maybe it's a hard flavor to bring out in the stout. I'm not sure, but. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting flavor though, as I just had another sip. Um, maybe I like it a little bit better today than I did on Saturday, but maybe <laughs> it was also because I was a little stressed out in that first period against Ottawa. So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of money riding on that game too. I was, uh, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Um, over here, I got one that, uh, I don't think I've talked about on the show before, but I know I've talked about on, uh, like you said, on Instagram or on Twitter before. Uh, this is one that actually my parents had stumbled across in the LCBO near their place before we all came down for Thanksgiving. And, uh, they do a nice job as you know, of keeping the, uh, the beer full of, of craft beers there at, uh, at the family cottage. Um, good people, good people there. For are. sure. Uh, this is from the Lake of Bays Brewing Company and it's called Storm Chaser. And it is a black IPA or a dark IPA. And the year's not over, but this might be, uh, for sure so far this calendar year, this is my favorite new beer of 2022. Um, I like it. Yeah. I like to hear that. I've had a couple of them, uh, like I said, up at the cottage. Um, We had to go back and get more of them uh, because we liked them quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it's, it has that kind of IPA hoppiness to it, but it, it does a nice job of kind of digging down and still pulling out those darker flavors. And it is a dark pour. We'll throw a picture up as we always do on Tall Can Audio's Instagram page. Um, but it is a nice beer bringing kind of everything you mentioned there in terms of it being fall and looking for that darker, kind of thicker beer, but also still having some of that strong IPA taste to it. I uh, can't recommend this one strong en- or, uh, or highly enough, man. This is, uh, like I said, maybe my favorite new beer of 2022 so far. Ooh, that's high praise. That's high praise for my guy. It is because we try a lot, a lot of beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, I wanted to ask you, we're going to talk about the wraps. Of course, the uh, season tips off on Wednesday night. Uh, before we do, I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure you didn't watch all like seven and a half hours of it, but on <laughs> Saturday, the Astros and Mariners go 19 innings. Uh, 18 of those innings scoreless. Uh, it's the 19th inning before anyone scores. Uh, actually, that game started six hours before the um, Seattle Kraken hockey game started, and the Kraken actually scored before anyone scored in that baseball game. <laughs> it, batters, that. In, batters in this game went a combined 17 for 145. Yeah. There were over 45 strikeouts, just four walks in these uh, 19 innings. Look, neither one of us are Astros or Mariners fans, but what is the longest you think you could sit at any one given sporting event? And you got like a little bit of, I don't know, you got a little ADHD to you sometimes, man. It feels like you get bored quick sometimes. But how long at a, at a sporting event that you care about, that you're all in on, like how long do you think you could honestly sit and check? How many innings, how many periods in playoff yeah. hockey? Like what's the record or the limit going to be for you? Because Man, oh, I, so I, I've actually been to two very long Jays games in the past, uh, during the last run, the 20, called the 2014, 2017 run there. Sure. Um, one was the Canada day game that John McDonald ended up having to pitch. Donaldson got tossed out in the first inning. It happened to be against Cleveland. I don't know why I remember that part. I remember that uh, game too. We talk about it here all the yeah. time because that was one, like you said, it was Canada day. 
we had to drive back from the cottage. I watched the first three innings and then got in the car, drove for four hours, got to Wild <laughs> Wing before we went home just to go get some dinner, and the game was still on when we got yeah. there. And, and now I can't tell you what time we tapped out at, yeah. and it had to do with there were six adults. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's Canada Day. We're having fun. There are a couple beers going. Sure. No pre-drinking, but, you know, a couple beers coming through. Now, as you know, you get your last beer in the seventh. Yep. And then everything shuts off. Yep. Now, okay, I get it. You're not going to pour beer after because you don't know when the game's going to end. Get you. But we couldn't even buy water. No, that's okay. And, no you know, good. you can't get, at that point, you could, I don't know if they changed the rules, but you couldn't get a pretzel. You couldn't get popcorn. You couldn't get, so we're sitting there now. And like you're saying, it's four hours plus, And you're like, uh, you know, I sat down here early because it's a Canada game. So yep. you don't want to be late. So you're showing up at the park at 1215 at the latest. <laughs> Now it's like five o'clock, six o'clock. I'm like, one of my buddies was about to tear the seat off. He was so, and started nibbling. So we had to leave. We walked up. Um, I'm not even sure which bar we made it to, to be honest with you, but we made it up to one of the bars up on like front East. Right. Uh, sat down, got some food and the game was still going. Right. And, and I'm, and I'm like, we left in like the 14th, 15th <laughs> inning, you know, and the game was still going. So that, that one we tapped out of, um, the other one that went pretty long was 2015 game two against Texas. Right. Uh, Strowman's return yeah. that ended up going to extras. Now that one, when it got to the seventh, I was with the same guy and we were like, we need to go get some water. Right. Stock up, <laughs> we learned, get supplies. Let's go get some popcorn. <laughs> let's get water just in case. Cause we could take it. We could dump it whatever, but I'm not sitting in it. I can't remember that one went 13 or, or so innings. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the good listeners probably know better than I do. Um, but that was another long one. So there you go. I, I've made it at least that long. I've, I've chilled the ADHD out a little bit on, you know, from time to time. Um, but also that being said, I am the guy at the Leaf and Raptor game that, you know, at intermission, I pop to the bar. And if the other team's playing away from home, I'm watching that game in between periods, right? you know, or between the quarters. And then I, you know, catch a little Raptors or, or uh, Leafs, vice versa, go back to the seats, get my fix of uh, channel flipping, keep me engaged a bit. So I, uh, the only one, I've never been to anything like that, honestly, other than, um, you know, that uh, when you and I and, and Holly went down to the Winter Classic, that game went to overtime and a shootout. But it was already at least four and a half hours deep because they had to stop and keep shoveling, right? Like it was snowing yes. so hard. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily that the game, you know, went to a pile of overtimes. It was just how long it was taking to play. That might be the longest thing I've ever sat around and, and remained engaged for. I, I, like I have a ton of respect for those Seattle fans who they were still cheering on difficult catches. And like, it's one thing to stay, but it's another thing to stay and still have energy after all that. Right. Those guys hadn't made the playoffs in 20 years. Um, the first three games of the wild card round, obviously are all in Toronto. It only requires two, uh, but the, all three would have been in Toronto. Then they leave and go to Houston for two games. You finally get playoff baseball in Seattle and it goes 18 innings of scoreless ball before Houston scores and you're eliminated. It's like, that's just fucking yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah. But, but man, it's, it's a marathon. Um, to now, how, how, let, me, let me throw this one your way. How long have we sat at a UFC event together? See, yeah, those never feel as long. I don't probably because you're already hammered by the time you get there. <laughs> the pay-per-view doesn't start till yeah. 10 p.m., right? So you're already feeling pretty good. But we've gone, uh, both times I've gone with you, 
we haven't gone for the full prelims, right? Like we show up at like maybe nine, watch the last two kind of prelim fights and yeah. then full pay-per-view. So, I mean, maybe three and a half, four hours there. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that's entirely contingent upon, you know, how quick someone gets tapped out or, uh, remember, wasn't it Hamannick within like in his homecoming to Toronto got not like literally just stepped to the center of the octagon and got punched out, I believe. Oh yeah. That, I can't, I, that wasn't the one we were at. I don't think yeah. oh, that was I, the big, yeah, uh, we were there, man. Was that, that we were there for that one in Toronto oh, at the ACC. Yeah. That was the one at the ACC. Yes. You're yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think even the last one I went to, um, because I had got uh, tickets, um, through the wrestling coach, a friend who knew the wrestling coach for Elias, who unfortunately, you know, passed away last year, yeah. uh, last month. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I was sitting in that section. Uh, so we were there early cause he, he was fighting in the prelims. Right. Um, not that was it the T he was in the TV prelims. If I'm, if I'm thinking about this correctly. So we all had to be in our seats for that. So, you know, we were there at least by eight because I think he went on around eight thirty or okay, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, long night, man. It turns into a real long night, and uh, well, because they do try and yeah. slow it down in between, right? Like if if a couple fights get ended quick, they they'll run video packages and try and delay so that the pay per view doesn't end at like eleven fifty and everybody feels like they got ripped off, right? So yeah. if you're there in the arena, it can feel long sometimes in between the fights themselves. But uh, yeah, I should then, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and that's the one thing I, I've always loved about the UFC crowds, the three or four that I've been to now. That time between does not seem as bad as you would think. No. Um, because the excitement level is just so high. And I know, you know, some people don't love combat sports. I think anybody listening to this channel probably is okay with them. Yeah. If you've never been to a live fight, you got to go to a live fight. Because like the, the hype videos the, in between oh. and everything, and they're going around. When we, when we were there at the ACC, remember they were doing that. Uh, oh, what was that song? I'm sexy and I know it. Or oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. threw Phil Kessel, who was in the arena, up on the screen, and the whole crowd erupts for Phil. Like that. That was yeah. hilarious, right? Like, and they do a nice job with stuff like that. Yeah, and, and I'll say in all the events that we have gone to, uh, and the other one that I went to, never a fight in the crowd. No, uh, the, the Canadian crowds are pretty good, and if anything, you're you're probably running into people you know, but you're also making friends with people around you. Right. Um, everybody's jumping up and down. It it's a different it's playoff like excitement. It's true. Man. Is the way I could describe it. Um, for like that four hours, uh, maybe a little heavy on the booze for sure. Yeah. But uh, and it's also a little bit more dressed up than I anticipated it to be the first time I went. Uh, especially that one in Montreal. There was a lot of a lot of guys in dress shirts and sports yeah. coats. There was a lot of women dressed up in dresses and skirts that I wasn't <laughs> expecting. So the Toronto crowd last time I was at the ACC wasn't necessarily like that. Um, but nobody looked like they were just, you know, rolling in off the street with a T-shirt on either. So It is funny, though, because eh? you do see there's a lot, like you said, of dress shirts and collars and stuff. And then you see, like, the, the tap-out T-shirts and stuff yeah. like that. There <laughs> is a weird split. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I should let the good listener know that our next episode, 1028, our buddy Steve Bunda is going to be back in here. We're going to tee up this weekend's UFC 280, which looks like an absolutely stacked card. Uh, We've been talking about this one for months. Uh, It was kind of late August where they started to piece this together and and show what this card was going to look like. 
and uh, and we got excited fast. So he's going to come in for that one. That is Islam Makachev is fighting for the lightweight title against Charles Oliveira. You're seeing Sugar Sean O'Malley, who's been quickly coming up the ranks. He's going to take on Piotr Jan, who's an absolute killer. Uh, Aljamain Sterling is on this card. Like, it's a loaded show. Ooh. And because it is um, in Abu Dhabi, they're running this at 2 p.m. on Saturday. So... You know, okay. a nice friendly time of day. Um, you don't have to necessarily commit to that late night show when you've maybe had a long Saturday. Um, yeah. I love when they do that occasionally on those uh, those 2 p.m. starts. So Bunda's going to be here on the next episode of TCA to tee up UFC 280. It's going to be a fun one, man. It looks like a good card. So. All right. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to that. And I think you might have just sold me on watching the event, too. Yeah, I would, man. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, you know, it's one of the things I love about it the boxing world right now a lot of the fights have been happening in abu dhabi or in london yeah or somewhere in england let's say um and we get that you know 3 p.m main event sure 4 p.m main event and i'm like you know you just slide it into your saturday yeah between uh, other things you're doing so i love that that might be uh that might be a buy-in for me that a boy so uh check out uh, ufc 280 on saturday but check out our preview for it uh, later this week on episode 1028 uh look man we're here to talk a little raptors it's been um, you know, quite an interesting preseason as they've played games in Montreal and Edmonton and doing this, you know, Cana- uh, spreading the Canadian vibe all over the place. Uh, before we dive into what this year's team, you know, what we can expect out of them, take us through what you can from the off season. It didn't feel like they made a ton of like huge earth shattering moves. And we, we did talk earlier, uh, about the possibility of Kevin Durant ending here, that soap opera ultimately goes nowhere. Um, <laughs> it was a bit, uh, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't have been surprised at all, but uh, he ends up staying put. But the Raptors did tinker a little bit. What happened here in the offseason? And, you know, was there anything that kind of stood out to you that you think is going to make a difference here this season? Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough question because you're right. The Raptors didn't do much from the outside. Right. This And I think categorically you look at the team that we finished with at the end of the season and in the truest sense of the word expectations on this season are based on progression of players yeah internal and i think growth. that's yeah. internal growth uh, you know in the truest sense this is internal growth coming up um i don't think we're going to see too much coming up from the 905 this year in particular but this season is complete and <clears throat> There, there, there's some interesting things we'll, we'll get into, like how they're going to roll out their roster, how they're going to play guys. They've definitely gone and they're a deeper team in that six to probably 13. I think six through 13 is honestly pretty, uh, pretty even. Uh, they just cut a couple guys. Uh, unfortunately, I think one was Josh Johnson, who used to be a pretty um, anticipated rookie a couple years ago. He, But cause I think there's just no room for error between those players or they're pretty well interchangeable as, as far as skill level. Mm-hmm. They didn't add the big guy. I think everybody was sort of hoping they would, but like we've, we, you know, me and you text all the time about the Leafs, you know, it's the beginning of the season. This is not how your team is going to end up at the end of the year. Right. Um, the Raptors haven't made a lot of big splashes in the past few seasons, but have not been scared to if the, if the in-season trade is there to be made either. So, you know, they're going going uh, to bat with Boucher again. They're going to bat with um, Ken Birch again, two Canadians from Montreal. They've also brought in Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, of Adam Sandler fame. 
So I figure he's going to be your next favorite uh, basketball player. Right on. Uh, he had a, he had a really good. Uh, was it the FIBAs or whatever it was? Uh, the international tournament uh, this uh, summer. He had a really good uh, tournament. The cruise missile, obviously, the nickname he's kind of adopted since the movie he, uh, with uh, Adam Sandler they filmed. So they're again kind of going with a smaller lineup, very interchangeable lineup. Uh, I think the one guy this means the Raptors are going to have trouble with is always Joel Embiid because we just don't have anybody to match up directly with him. Right. But, you know, they're probably, if I was to wager a guess, they're probably saying, why are we going to hold a roster spot for a guy who's going to play three times all year? Um, You know, just, just to play Joel Embiid. And if it comes down to the playoffs and they're in a, you know, in a spot to contend, you know, and and like really contend, not like last year where they were kind of in, seventh and sixth and yep. kind of pushed at the end of the season, but they're really in a, in a strong spot to contend. I think then you might see them pick somebody up off the waiver wire. You might see them, you know, test a few guys out through the season, or you might see them make a big splash. And I say big splash, but pick up a big guy, um, a veteran who can come in and chew up some minutes against a team like Philly. It's you are one of those teams and you've referenced it there where you're, you know, you don't really have one of those top end stars and we can argue all day about what is Pascal and what is OG and, and, and this sort of thing, but he's not Joel Embiid, right? He's not the traditional, like what Kevin Durant would have been. This is a team that is going to have to get by on depth and on, like you said, having a deep bench and, um, you know, a little bit of, of a more of a team game. Uh, how do you see, you know, the way they're going to use you know, at least early on here in the season, what this starting lineup is going to be and what kind of approach Nick Nurse is going to run this year. Yeah. So, you know, that's, let me jump on this point you just made in, in that team approach. And you're right. We don't, the Raptors do not have that cornerstone piece. Let's call it just yet. Right. The Kawhi, even geez, even say the DeMar at sure. some points, yeah. right. Yeah. Or, or the Kyle, right. When, when they were, excuse me, at their best, but Pascal Siakam last year was third team all NBA. So theoretically, well, he's not nobody, means, obviously, he, and that's what I mean. Like yeah. he might not be, you know, the top guy, but he's still a top twenty player under any might, you know, metric. Yeah, he's your top guy, right? And and and, and reasonably he, so, right? And, and reasonably so. And I, I don't think anybody's under the belief that if he's your top guy, you're winning a championship at all, unless everybody on your team is just a third team All NBA player, <laughs> uh, which would be hilarious. That would be um, awesome. I think if Pascal was used differently. He could be top 12 player, but because the way the Raptors play, because the way they move the ball around, because the way they want to get everybody integrated and involved, I don't think you're ever going to see a Raptor in this current iteration break that first team All-NBA, break that second team All-NBA, unless, you know, we're talking two, three years from now and Scotty has developed into a regular 18 to 22 point a game, eight rebound, six assists. Got type of guy that he very well and lockdown defender that he you know maybe hopefully becomes yeah. um i'm i'm obviously bullish on scotty um having watched the guy play you know as much as possible last season but i'm also cautious about it that we should not it, just like every league right you get the rookies come out look at the nfl quarterbacks right now right everybody's bending over backwards to say this is the next iteration of of quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Zach right. Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Guess what? Justin, um, 
Trey Lance and Justin Fields probably won't be quarterbacks in two years. They're not very good. <laughs> Mac Jones is probably going to be okay. Zach Wilson is probably going to be mediocre. But Same in your with market, Davis Mills. it's exciting, right? You have these guys, and you're you're in a rush to anoint them the next top guy. And you're like, of, co- of course, right? And let's, let's let's pump the brakes here a little bit. And, and, and that's all I tell every Raptor fan, right? Like we've seen, you know, granted we've been lucky, right? Uh, David Stoudemire, Vince Carter, mm-hmm. rookies of the year, who went on to have very good careers. Yep. But a lot of guys win rookie of the year and don't. Right. Right. So I, I think we need to have a good expectation of him. But be be optimistic, like sure. fall into the Scotty train, you know, buy his jersey, get his autograph, do all that stuff, show him some love. But don't expect him to be Michael Jordan or LeBron James next year either. Uh, but again, I, he's he's the one that I think you're looking at as that as that piece moving forward, how this team gets put together. Well, so let me stop you there for a second, just because you said something interesting a minute ago about the fact that Pascal could be instead of a top 20 guy, a top 12 guy. What does that look like? Is it just that he's not getting enough touches um, in your opinion, he, that says he could get to, a, or potentially the way they play, be a top 12 guy. What, what does that look like? Yeah, I, I think you start looking at him as, I don't know. I don't think he's a great ball handler per se. He's okay for, for a big man, but I think you utilize him in a different way where he's maybe like a little bit more like a Jokic where you get him mm. the ball a little higher up. Right. He's got the option to make a pass more pick and rolls. Um, you know, a little bit more of a give and go style role. Just having more run through him. Having more run through him, I guess is the best way to say it. I kind of think of that, um, that triangle offense almost a, a little bit, kind of a reverse triangle offense that they used to run where it is going through him, allowing him to either be, you know, the primary uh, pass maker when they're running, uh, you know, screens mm-hmm. uh, or allowing him to ISO a little bit more. You know, the, the Raptors don't really ISO that much, which is, I think, why they're such a good offense. Right. Uh, you know, his, his moves are, you know, somewhat limited and, but you can tell by the fact that teams are double teaming him down in the post because they respect his spin move, right? If they didn't, they would not be game planning for him. So I think he has the school, the the tool set to achieve that. If he was playing on Indiana this year, he'd be getting the ball a hundred times or something, right? Like they would just be feeding him the ball because they don't have anybody else on a team like the Raptors it is more of a team approach and that, that is a Nick nurse effect, mm-hmm. but it's also effect of the skill set of the players on the team. Right. And I think this is what keeps these guys happy. Right. If, if Fred's feeling it, Fred goes off for 26, sure. but if he's not, he scores eight and has 12 assists. Right. If OG is feeling it in the corner, you're feeding him the ball. Right. If it's a Gary Trent game, great. It's a Gary Trent game, but you're, you're playing around. You're, you're waiting to see kind of who's hot, who's not. Um, it, Generally speaking, that kind of works for the Raptors, right? And I think we have, you know, even to go pre-Nick Nurse, we have a lot of data that suggests that's kind of the best way to run a team and keep everybody happy, unless you have LeBron, and then everybody falls in line. Sure, yeah. Um, Like his hair falls way back. (laughs) back. There we go. Uh, There we go. Let's get back to the way the Raps will roll out to start the season. Uh, That With that team approach, what kind of starting lineup is it going to be, you know, are we going to see, or will this be kind of opponent dependent to a certain extent? Every team is, but, um, you know, how do you expect them to start the year? What, what's the starting lineup going to look like? What will the approach be? Anybody who tells you they know is full of shit. Right. Nobody knows. Um, listen, <laughs> anything that Nick nurse has said in preseason has basically been about, yeah, we're looking for this guy and this guy to do stuff. We're looking at schemes. That's what it comes down to. Um, the most interesting thing is going to be who's the sixth man. 
So if you're looking at the lineup, and this is also a little dependent on what the hell they're going to do on point guard, right? Because we know Fred Van Vliet is our point guard. Mm-hmm. Malachi Flynn has not really made that step in the first two years. Uh, I think everybody's hoping he makes that step. Summer league, he looked good. Or not summer league, but uh, summer ball, he looked good. But that's kind of pro-am stuff. Uh, sure. Kind of famously, he went off for 70-some points in one game in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so he got a little bit of love on ESPN for that. But it's going to depend on can he play the way that Nick Nurse wants him to play. Um, I don't think his game had perfectly fit Nurse's strategy uh, in the last two years. So hopefully he we get a full buy-in and, and we can see what he can do because he can be a point getter or a point facilitator off the bench that they desperately, desperately need for Fred. Get him. He need, he cannot play as much as he did last year. Um, alternatively, I think we are going to see Scotty run point, like a point forward, more like LeBron a little bit. Hmm. He played kind of a point forward back in Florida in his one year at Florida state. So I do, I do think we're going to see that as well for, for given periods of time, you know, during, you know, through the games or within games, I think that's going to be important to see what we can do. Cause that's also going to depend how Fred Van Vliet kind of ages on this team as well. Um, can he be a little bit more of a shooting guard, you know, um, as he ages a little bit and doesn't have to run as much. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, the, the six man, right. Is it going to be Gary Trent? Is it going to be precious? Precious is getting so much love this summer. Uh, in a lot of the pro training camps that get, you know, the, the Pat Beverly's and the Siakam's and a, the Paul George is out um, all practicing and working together in the summer. Precious was killing it, <laughs> lack of a better term. Hmm. And, and I think his skill, uh, so was, so was Siakam for that, for that, that matter. You know, they, they hustle, they play good defense, they make things happen, they don't give up on the ball. And, and I think Precious, much like uh, Pascal, was a little bit rough when he came to Toronto. And I think as he becomes more refined, he could be the like a small answer at center. Uh, and then that just depends. Like now, you know, is he in your starting lineup? Does that push Gary to the bench? I think Gary should be on the bench on a competitive team. Now you have this nice three-point shooter coming off the bench. Uh, a guy who's not a rookie, not necessarily an older vet, but somebody who's got some experience. Obviously been around the league for a while because of his dad. I, I think this is how you start to build that second unit out. That was one of the issues for the Raptors last year. Sometimes... And, you know, Nick Nurse is huge on the data. He wants to throw out as many different lineups and get as much data on those lines sure. as possible. He'll give up a quarter in a game in December because he needs that data as opposed yeah, to just saying, what well, this looks like with that yeah. guy. And, and, you know, I can use that later more than I need this quarter. Exactly. Right, right. And as opposed to most coaches, I think, who feel maybe, you know, their jobs on the line week to week. Yeah. I can't let this happen. Right, I, I can't let this go. So, um, or this run go. I, I'm giving up on this player for whatever reason. Nick Nurse is pretty good about throwing lineups out there. But there were a few times last year where you're seeing a bunch of I don't want to say scrubs, but you're sending you know guy seven through ten out there with you know uh, you know Gary, or you're sending him out with Fred, and there's nothing those guys can do to to, to play because they're the other guys just weren't good enough. So, I, I think. You know, how are they going to be employed or deployed rather? I I think that's how we're, we're going to see them deployed. We're going to see a bunch of different strategies. We're going to see lineups with Pascal, Precious, Kim Birch, uh, Chris Boucher sometimes, you know, um, 
and and Scotty. We're going to see smaller lineups with Fred, Scotty, Malachi, uh, Pascal. It's going to be uh, the Swiss Army knife approach. And like you said, it is going to be game dependent, player dependent, which is also why you know this team is exciting because it's it is a team where most of the guys are fairly young outside of Fred and Pascal. Mm-hmm. It's a very very young young team. I think Gary's only twenty five and he's probably the next oldest on the team. Uh, actually, I think Malachi's actually a little bit older as well, even because he was a four year rookie or a four year um, right, right, college right. player, as opposed to a guy like uh, Scotty who came out after one year. So I, I think. You know, that's the benefit to this team. We're going to see them grow again. We're obviously going to see Twitter have meltdowns <laughs> weekly uh, because they're not winning every game or somebody's having an off night. But I think in this year in the East, it is so... It, it's so top-heavy in the East. We don't even know where the cards are going to fall at this point, right? And I think that's the one thing they have to be careful of this year is like, you know, last year getting into a playoff position or in the play-in tournament would have been fine. Um, I think as a fan base, we should expect them to be in a solid position. But it might come down to one game. And you just don't want to be stuck on the outside looking in, even though we would be favorites to make it in. I think you've got your top two teams in Milwaukee and Philly. And then you've got about six teams (laughs) that are pretty, I don't want to say even, but, you know, one injury here, uh, a trade there, a guy has a better season than last year. You can make an argument for any of those six teams from Miami, Toronto, Atlanta, um, trying to go off the top of my head, Boston, Brooklyn, Cleveland. That could be three to eight. Hmm. So if you told me, you know, in any order, this is how in it any shakes. order, yeah. this is how it shakes. Now, because it's Nick Nurse and the Raptors, I know I think Vegas has the Raptors at 42 wins, 42 and a half wins. I would take the over on that. That should put them into sixth place just because you know he's going to get them ready to play. one time has American media or Vegas ever given the Raps the benefit of the day when when doing these win projections. It's always always bet the over on whatever they Always bet the over. Um, Now, at least ESPN has the Raptors in, you know, a top eight position this year, so it's not absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. They might have had them in six, and maybe Sporting News had them in eight. By the way, at least they're not in like tenth anymore. You know, they've they've given up yeah. at least a little respect now, um, especially it's, being it's, back. It's so interesting what you say though about not wanting to end up in that little play-in tournament. Like asking a Toronto sports fan right now after what we just saw with the Jays to go, yeah, it's fine. You'll be in there, but you'll be the favorite. And you're like, yeah, how does that always play out? Right? Like, it, this is one of those the the raps you really want to see get to kind of sixth, right? Kind of stay out of that mix. Yeah, it's going to be an awful first round, but that's sort of where you're at right now, isn't it? Like kind of a middle of the pack group in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and it's uh, man, and it's going to make for some good basketball. I was looking through my season tickets uh, last week and going, ooh, I don't know which tickets I want. <laughs> like, right. which, which, are the, like, which are the five games I want to go to? Mm-hmm. Um, which has now become kind of a challenge, right? Like um, I'm interested to see how Cleveland does with Donovan Mitchell coming to the team. Um, yeah. I think they might be a better regular season team than they'll be a playoff team, quite frankly, because I don't think Mitchell's a really good playoff performer. Mm. He reminds me a little of Vince um, and that style of like a uh, high volume shooter. Right. Uh, but they do have Evan Mobley who, you know, was drafted third. So just before Scotty, he's going to be a great big man, uh, but they take a little bit longer to develop. So I think, again, people might be a little bit ahead of where 
he should be just at at the moment. Um, Atlanta, I've never been a big believer in that system or what they do with Trey. Uh, I think they got lucky the year they went to the East Finals. I think it was just, you know, circumstantial and they got hot and they ran into some teams that weren't actually that good. Last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. They've added DeJounte Murray from the San Antonio Spurs. Again, you know, U.S. media has now got them finishing top four, top five. I think this kind of pushes them into that 6-7 fight. But again, like DeJounte Murray, good player. Uh, He's not a top 25 player, though. So he's helpful, but I don't know how helpful he is. You've got a team like Brooklyn. Obviously, if everybody's good and playing, um, I don't think Ben Simmons knows how to shoot anymore. I don't think anybody does. There was a video of him just throwing the ball up in practice <laughs> the other day. And just it, it, sh- it could have been me shooting. Like he just no aim. It was short. It, it was ugly to watch. So I, I don't think he, I don't know what they do. And I don't know. Um, are they just going to pump Kyrie up and move him? Um, does everybody get through the season? There's just too many questions on that team. Yeah. Boston's lost their coach. Um, and I know everybody's high on Boston. Obviously, he went to the finals. They were up 2-1 to one on Golden State. But everybody forgets that this team was a game above Toronto at Christmas. And the coach finally got through the players, finally got them playing defensive ball the way he wanted, playing the system, figured it out, and they went on that pretty uh, magical run, quite frankly. Um, and listen, they've got – they have the team, but – um, oh, and I'm totally dropping the one guy's name right now off the top of my head. But uh, Al Horford has injury concerns. Their center, um, who I'm forgetting his name, unfortunately, he's no, actually I'm not out for to the rescue. You're not coming to my rescue right now. Uh, he was the one who was, he missed part of the playoffs last year with a knee injury. I can't remember if it was meniscus. He had it repaired this summer, but he's going to be missing at least the first month, maybe six weeks. Right. That's going to, you know, so they might dump a couple games. Again, that. To me, that takes you out of that top two conversation. Uh, and again, Philly, you know, it's Philly looks good. Philly's probably, if anybody's going to go toe-to-toe with Giannis right now, it's Philly. But we know what an injury concern Harden is yeah. by the end of the season, or just wear and tear. Yeah. We know what an injury concern Joel Embiid has been in the past. Um, Might have cost him the MVP last year by missing some games. So, you know, to, if you told me, you know, Philly would come fourth again, I'd by that too, right? Like there is, there's enough variability in the league right now. And the teams are so tight that you could see at least on the East, quite a bit of movement. Um, but it's going to make for a really exciting season, quite frankly, at least on the East side. So let me ask you then, and I'm not going to let you say Scotty and I'm not going to let you say <laughs> Pascal. These are two okay. guys. Pascal is going to have to be the guy and Scotty's going to have to take steps. We all understand that. But if the Raptors are going to kind of get out of that mushy middle, like let's say they, they get on a run this year and they surprise a little bit. Maybe they push for home court uh, in that first round. Who's the most important guy? Who's the guy who was most likely to have taken the step that pushed them over the top? Who should we be watching this year to kind of take that next step that yeah. really makes them dangerous? Yeah, and, and like you said, it it begins and ends with Scotty, and my job here is to give you somebody else. Yep. It's got to be OG. Hmm. Okay. I think we've I think we've been waiting. The the real like the diehard fans have been waiting two years for this. Um, I think most casual fans were expecting this last year to happen. I think this is the determinant season for OG on where he kind of goes in his career, because the expectation 
He's an absolute lockdown defender. Absolute lockdown. He's a menace defending. <laughs> and if he, you know, there are moments where he is shooting the lights out of the ball from the corner. But one thing he can't do is he can't, he, he's not a reliable enough shooter from the corner, quite frankly, mm-hmm. from three. Um, but he's not very good at creating his own def- his own offense, sorry. And not necessarily that that has to be done. But it keeps the other team guessing a little bit more. Right. And for him to be a more offensive player and to be to take a bigger role in the league um, and to get that next big payday, he has to take big steps for this team to move. And he, for the team to move forward, that has to happen as well. But for him personally, he has to do that. Um, there's a lot of love for Scotty, especially like at least what it looks like to the outside from the team and his teammates. He, or, sorry, I said Scotty, but OG. Um, he's definitely a little bit of a quirky guy being from England. He's a little bit different than the other guys yeah. on the team. <laughs> Uh, never get a. I mean, he he almost gives you the straightest answer, but in a way, it's the least straight answer you could get uh, from the British. media, which is always yeah. funny. Um, I think somebody asked him what his favorite thing in the summer was, and he goes, "I don't know, um, reading a book." <laughs> They're like, "Which book did you read?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> My queen you know, just died. Like, uh, Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "I don't know. I guess maybe walking on the beach." Like he just just so comical in his like nonchalant way. Uh, <laughs> But I think he has to take that step. Like, is he going to be Draymond Green? And, you you know, that that two-year, hopefully not that way, but (laughs) that two-year period where Draymond Green was an acceptable shooter with great defense, (laughs) right? But really great defense. Or is that's or the is nicest thing be... anybody's ever described me as a podcast oh. host? Is except, he's acceptable? It's it's fine. He's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he's not the worst. No, he's not. All right. So, yeah, that's so an interesting answer because that's, that's a, a guy. Step. That's a name that we've been kind of waiting to. I don't want to say break out. Like he's been fine, but is he going to be a guy that you can really lean on, or is he just kind of a useful part of a good team? I think that's sort yeah. of what we're waiting to hear with this guy. Yeah, and and let's let's not forget, right? I mean, they drafted him going into the championship season mm-hmm. or was it the year before I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting now, but um, he was a very you know, young they, piece of that team. He was very young piece. He missed more than half of his last season in college because he's tore his ACL, which allowed him to slip back into the draft, mm-hmm. which is why the Raptors were able to get him. He seemed to fit pretty, you know, it was the year before it was the year before I'm just thinking about it. Cause he was the one defending LeBron on that insane one-handed oh, no. bank shot yeah, that he yeah, hit. Yeah. Um, and that OG could not have done anything more perfectly. It was just LeBron, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. So, uh, you know, going into the next season, you know, we have the unfortunate uh, appendix rupture. You know, so he doesn't actually play in the playoffs during the championship run. He's had a little misfortune the next year. His father passed away. Uh, you know, that really seemed to, to hurt him. Uh, you go into a COVID season. We're, I think we're all just waiting for this guy. We can see what it is. We can see this highly touted prospect that slipped back to us. We love the guy. It's fan base. We just we need him to take that next step because it, you know if you're looking to make an upgrade on this team, you're probably looking to move him or Gary Trent. Right. Right. Like they probably are the two pieces you're looking into because if you're making a piece to make a run, whether it's this year or next year, you have to anticipate Fred VanVleet is still a at least on the top-ish part of his career, mm-hmm. right? He, he might be on the downside of it, but he's still on the top-ish end. Pascal's still probably the piece. Scotty is probably a piece, and you're looking to add that fourth piece in, right? Yeah. Um, and then you're, I mean, I think it would be, it's a pie-in-the-sky hope that it would be precious to be that guy. 
um, and you wouldn't have to make a trade. So to me, it's got to be it's got to be OG making the move this year, or else it's him or Gary probably getting packaged or, or moved out for something else. So you referenced there a little while ago that the Raps are going to be kind of part of that mushy middle that should be good mushy enough. Middle. To, yeah, we all, as we get older, experience the mushy middle a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, that they're not going to finish top of the conference. They're not going to be a bad team, but they're going to have to battle to kind of get into that kind of middle ground. You know, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. What is the most likely spot that this team is going to finish in the Eastern Conference, in your opinion? If everything kind of plays out the way you think that it should you know, give or take a little bit, but where do you see this team finishing in the East? I, I think they're a five spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're a five spot. So kind of, that's not the middle, but the, the middle of the, the competition, right? Sure, yeah. like, again, I think you go Philly and Milwaukee one, two, no matter how you want to kind of spin that. Sure. And then you've got between Miami, Cleveland, Toronto, um, Boston, Let's say I, I think Toronto should probably do better in Boston with the coaching issue. But let's say those four teams in there um, in Brooklyn, that's your five. Man, I, I, the way I think it plays out is we're probably four or five. I think four is maybe my optimistic goal, but sure. five is where we should kind of head out, which I mean, that's tit for tat. You know, that's a. That's somebody getting a, a the flu and not playing in a in a for two games and right. dropping a spot, right? So, uh, or an ankle sprain, they want to rest a little bit going into the off season, you know, going into the playoffs. So, um, four or five spot, I, I think four is the more optimistic, but five is kind of the realistic where we should expect this team to be. Um, if they're in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If if they're in the play in, I think that means there is an injury, right? And in the Raptors' sense probably more than one injury, right? Like two guys get hurt at the same time that really affect the ability to, um, you know, make rotational changes, rest players. They've got some pretty tough spots in the schedule. I think there's an area in December. Um, and you, you know, everybody at home can double check that for me, but in December, there's a, a real run of all the, in this late December, all the West coast teams coming in where it's, you got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, you have golden state, hmm. um, and then it's, I think it's followed up by a Philly and a Milwaukee. It's going to be a tough run. And I think that's where we're going to know what this team is really made out of. Because by that point, yeah. they should, they should have a, you know, they're, they're going to have their feet set, right? It's not the first three games yeah, of the season with everybody the blowing their minds. Yeah, no, yeah. you're, you've, you're well into the rhythm of the season and now you're going to face all the big boys within a couple weeks and, and we'll see yeah. which are and what you look like at that point. Yeah. And it's a nice run that, that we're at home for. Yeah. You know, obviously they'll have to make the West Coast run part of it themselves uh, at some point. But to have that go through Toronto around Christmas time as well, I think all eyes are going to be on the on the Raptors at that point. Um, it, it's going to make for, for some fun basketball, man. It's going to make for some really fun basketball. Um, there's a lot of competition. You know, this league just seems to get better and more exciting every year. Um, at least in the East, after so many years of the East being kind of the, the younger brother what was happening on the, the west coast yeah, of the league yeah. so it's going to be good um some interesting quirks you know to look forward to this year in the season they finally implemented to reduce travel some of the teams will be coming in and getting both their toronto games in back to back so uh we get a philly one right off the bat um like we saw in that be... North Division year in the NHL where yeah. like, we're coming to Edmonton, we're playing three and we're carrying Yeah, on. <laughs> we're just playing three games. Yeah. Empty stadium. Let's sure. go, boys. <laughs> uh, 
so it, you know, gives a, I, this will give you a little bit more of a playoff feel right off the bat of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we open against Cleveland, which again will be a great, uh, great opening matchup for both teams. Uh, then they they take off for a couple days, and then they're back for two. I think it's a Wednesday, Friday. Uh, against Philly right off the bat get the heavy hitters out mm-hmm. um, and we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens right uh, we'll see how these teams match up early on again a team like the 49ers maybe they're not as you know maybe they're not as dug in in game one <laughs> because 76ers. it is only game five not right? the, there's only game five not right? the 49ers but, uh, the 76ers that's the 49ers it is the 76ers <laughs> that's correct yeah that is correct yeah they got their own problems out in San Francisco oh jeez yeah let me start on those boys <laughs> yeah um, uh, sorry, you were going on. Is there another set I, of those you wanted to hit on or no, I, I, I was just trying to think off top. I know there's one for Charlotte, uh, which kind of depends on LaMelo's health, yeah. what that's going to look like. Cause that's another team that, you know, probably going to finish around eight to nine, but you know, they in could the sneak in and do sure. some stuff for yeah. you. Right. And, uh, who is, do I want to, I think they just released Kemba Walker or somebody just released Kemba Walker. Um, I think he's done, but could he be a guy off the bench for any of these teams? You know, as we're talking, what's going to change for the season? Yeah. This is already starting to happen. Uh, so I, I, I think we're in for some fun. It would be really great to see the Raptors get out of the first round this year. If you're asking for my long-term prediction, I got a buddy who threw buddy on them winning the East. I wow. think that's a little optimistic. I think that's very optimistic. I put, uh, I put a 50 spot on them on the over-under for wins on the 42 or 43, whatever it is. Um, and I threw a smaller bet on them winning the Atlantic division mm-hmm. because I do think there is right now, they are based, you know, everybody's got Brooklyn, Boston ahead of them. I think there is a way in which, or a storyline in which the Raptors beat them. I, I just, there, there's some, there's a way I can see it playing out. Um, again, you know, a Joel injury, sure. a Harden injury, the Nets are just the Nets. And, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, the Raptors, who are just a headstrong 48 win team, right. might be able to sneak off and uh, and take that third seed overall. So just so, something to uh, think about for those. Uh, uh, listen, I'm just here trying to get you the uh, advertising dollars from Casino Royale or Pet Free <laughs> or whatever it is, all right? <laughs> So I'm it, doing my part for the culture here. I appreciate that, man. You know that as uh, as we sit here today and you know look at what this Raptors team is. You know it looks like a, a competitive group, kind of middle of the playoffs, and, and we'll see what's going to shake loose. But if it's not the Raptors, let's say it's a it's a Thursday night in late November, it's a Tuesday night in early February, and you're flipping around, and the Raps are off. Give me a team that you think might be flying a little under the radar that people should keep an eye out this year. If it pops up on TSN or on Sportsnet, you, that that's going to be a fun team to watch this year that maybe isn't getting enough respect. Who might you be keeping an eye on? Sorry, now, uh, a team that might make some noise or a team that no, you that, think, that's, I'm hey, thinking I, a team that's going to be fun to watch, yeah. <laughs> oh, a team that's going to be fun to watch. Um, I mean, if you ooh. got a better handle on somebody that you think is going to be good, that's fine oh. too, but... Uh, you know me. I'm I'm sometimes more interested in the uh, I don't know the chaos yeah, no, aspect I'm, or the the excitement aspect. You know, okay, I still think for your money's worth watching the Memphis Grizzlies. Hmm. Um, now they they did make a little run last year. I think John Morant is just I mean he's just an exciting player. You've got some good Canadian content on that team as well. Um, they seem to be a team that just does not mail in a game, right? You know, it's like you said, it's a snowstorm in 
in Wednesday up in Minnesota and they're just like, screw it. We're coming to win today. Right. They're going to, they're going to give you good basketball every time. Uh, oh, and I hate to say this man, but the Pelicans really, yeah. I, Zion might finally actually be ready to play a full season here. Um, <laughs> And, and you know you, you hate to see guys hurt. Of course, it's not you know, no, nobody wants to see hurt. guys hurt. But I've been on record numerous times saying this guy cannot survive an NBA season based on the way he's built. Now he looks right now like he should be lining up for the New Orleans Saints at linebacker. Oh wow! Not the Pelicans, um, and that's not no disrespect to him. That's just his body type. He's a big dude. He doesn't look chubby like he has in the past. Sure. He looks in shape. But that is just a lot of weight to be carrying around. We saw this with Anthony Davis last season. Came in heavier because he wanted to bang around the boards. Spent the year injured. Right. It's a hard sport to try to go out of your comfort zone in your body Mm -hmm. and not use your talents. Unfortunately, his body type actually probably wants to be bigger. Not Oliver Miller bigger for you Raptor fans from back in the day, but (laughs) he wants, you know, his body type is a bigger guy. But is there... You know, for that small period of time that we saw him, that half season, he was as dominant as anybody has been down low as Shaq. Yeah. Not Shaq, but as dominant as Shaq. So, or like, let's say the new version of Shaq, because I don't want to offend Shaq. I mean, Dwight Howard is still out there looking for a job oh, right now. Oh, come He's... on. Don't <laughs> don't throw shade at my boy. Uh, Superman there. Not, uh, look, I mean, listen, not looking good for him right now. Not looking good right now. No. But the, the, the Pelicans made a little run last year. They got CJ McCollum now. They've got some other pieces. Um uh, JV is on the team, I think, right? That's a, the Pelicans could be like a sleeper team that, you know, you've watched the Leafs game, you've watched the Raptors game, this game started, you want to catch 20 minutes before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. This might be a team you, you throw on, but uh, I would always throw my money on the Grizzlies. I think they're criminally undervalued in the West as well. Um, I don't think people are giving them enough respect. Uh, I think they're another top four seed. Uh, I think they probably passed the Suns this year. Uh, I think people are giving too much respect to the Mavericks because of Luka. Everybody loves Luca because you know he's a token white dude, uh, and no disrespect to no disrespect to Luca, right. he's talented. Yeah, but his team sucks. Right, you know he he doesn't have anybody on his team to help him out, um, and it's it's going to be the Luca the Luca game. So, uh, you know they'll finish sixth or whatever, like they did lot you know every year. Um, Nuggets could be very interesting. You got the you got the, the Joker there, two time MVP. Yeah. You got uh, uh, Jamal Murray coming back from ACL. I'd give him a little time to warm up, but man, that that was a dangerous looking team when when he tore his ACL in the playoffs a couple years ago. This could be a team, again, that's really, really dynamic, really dynamic and could make some noise. If you want, you you know, you want to go the other way on the Matt, Matty does physio and other things like Vegas betting uh, (laughs) lines here. Take the Lakers not to make the playoffs. Oh, just just take the Lakers not to make the playoffs like, like that. You yeah. I, I think there's just, and there's also a story where you could draw out where they somehow managed to move Russell Westbrook and pick somebody else up. Sure. But man, this team does not look good. <laughs> it, just doesn't, it doesn't look good. LeBron is still top 12, but he's not top two anymore. Right. Right. Um, Anthony Davis has not been good for two years. At this point, LeBron's just kicking around waiting for his kid, right? Like, isn't that Basically, the whole deal? Right? Yeah, you're going to play and with his son. And... There was some chatter that he was trying to get himself uh, worked out in a move to get sent to the Suns. 
Okay. So that he could actually be part of the ownership group oh. as uh, as Sarver has to sell the team. So there's been some of this as well that he's <laughs> trying to push his way out. Um, you know, so you got wow. this going in the background. So, you know, if he's not happy, does he just shut the season down like he's done in the past so he can move out at the end of the year? There's just, all, you know, there's the Russell Westbrook, Pat Beverly feud. It's a dumpster fire. It's an absolute <laughs> dumpster fire. I can't believe anybody's even predicting that they would, you know, being anything above the play in tournament. That right. being said, um, I could see a, a scenario where they just, you know, they just shut it down. Is it this year this or season. next year that they're doing the mid season tournament, the kind of March madness style thing that the NBA is getting ready to throw down? Is that this year? Or next I year throwing think it's down? next, yeah. next year. Yeah. And I'm not, I wouldn't say hundred percent, but having just looked at the, the ticket dates, right. um, I think it would be next year. Okay. Uh, look, before we get out of here then, um, Look, you mentioned a while ago, trade text messages when things are going well, more of them when things are not going well. Uh, you had some comments after the Leafs-Sens game there on uh, on Saturday night. Before we wind things down, oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Uh, you you try to get me all riled up. Well, right? I will say to the good listener, as you and I sit here now, we are an hour or two away from the Monday night game against Arizona. And if that doesn't go well... Uh, yeah, there will be reason for people to be upset, but just so people know when this is being recorded, uh, we don't know yet the ga- result of the, uh, the Arizona game, but what okay, do you think just, of the Leafs Just one so second far? here. I, listen, I'm just, and I apologize to the listener here. Maybe you need to hit fast forward 15 seconds if you're on your Apple play on your car, because I got to pour myself some Hennessy right now. Okay, this see something, okay, see something a little stiffer. Because I know he's got me all, he's got me all going, and he knows exactly what they're he's doing. He's a one. good host. They're one and one, but Maddie, <laughs> Maddie was fired up in our text message conversation the other night, so I wanted to give him the stage here to uh, to take a run at this team if he wanted to. Okay, and, okay, let, let me let me just take a little run at it, but let me just get one little thing off the top of my chest being the Arizona game right yeah. now, okay? Yeah. How, what has it been, a full year of hearing guys like Drager saying, oh, how are the Leafs going to fit Matthews in? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's going to happen? He's going He's going to go back home to Arizona and anybody with a fucking brain. <laughs> so I'm disqualifying basically most of the listeners who who are Edmonton fans okay. and Calgary fans and okay. Alberta, uh, let's see, Flames fans and probably Vancouver fans. Lots of Canucks fans. Get on. Get on Twitter and say, oh, haha, Maple laughs. You're going to lose Matthews. He's going home. Listen, you idiot. <laughs> Anybody with a brain cell knows they're playing out of a college arena. They yeah. can't even brand the ice. They're playing in front of two, I don't know, 2,000 people a night. And, like, the, what, and what, the players what? aren't happy. They've seen the and, new arrangement. All of a sudden, they're, they're not happy. Matt, all of a sudden, yeah. Kiprios, who we haven't heard of in two years, yeah. pops on the radio and goes, hey, so I'm here and the boys aren't happy about right. it because they're in a triple-A arena right now. And all of a sudden, nobody's saying anything about Matthews anymore. Look, you and so I have talked the about this. fuck out of here. <laughs> no shit, boys. So you and I have talked about this a little before. Look, I think he's going to stay. All the money he can make even outside of the cap, but it's also the fact the cap will be going up. I think he's going to stay in Toronto. If he doesn't, I think he, I think he could leave, but if he leaves, it's for New York, it's for Los Angeles, it's for Miami, it's for Chicago. It's not for Arizona. Like he likes being a star. He likes being in a big market. Like he's that kind of guy and that's fine. He's not going to the worst market in the league, even if it is home. It will be another huge market. 
He's not giving up Tim Hortons commercials for fucking Dunkin' Donuts bullshit, okay? Right. <laughs> he's, uh, he's made the big time here now, okay? He's on Tim Hortons commercials. I can see him in LA. And like he, his family has roots in California. Like, that hey. wouldn't shock me. I think he's sure. going to stay. But if he leaves, it won't be for Arizona. Yeah. I, I just wanted to clear that off my chest because that one that just gets me all the time. I, here's the other thing. I, we, we vented about so much stuff over the weekend. I can't even remember which one, but let me just go to the next one on my mind, all right. which now it's Maple Leaf Twitter. I got to throw under the bus here mm-hmm. who just need to learn to breathe. <laughs> Listen, it's Good been luck. since ninth. It's been since 67. We get it. You know what? Blowing one game, whether it be the opener or not, mm-hmm. just settle down, settle down. It's 82 games. Actually, yeah, you're I right. They're two and one. They're not one and one. Yeah. Two and one now. Yeah. And here's the thing. I can guarantee you nobody shows up to work and gives 110% every day as they sit there and tweet out that <laughs> Willie Nylander didn't hustle on one shift. <laughs> like, give me a breath. I can cherry pick any five-second clip of any NHL player on any day yeah. and tell you they're not hustling. Yeah. And I get it. You got a bone to pick because you wear a bag over your head. Whatever it is, you're part of that whole oh, no. doofus, doofus and Shanna plan. All those, sucks, all man. those guys. I get it. Listen, is anybody happy the team has under, underperformed the last year? No. In the playoffs, no, of course not. The, the drop to Montreal, of course not. But to sit here and just lose, you know, lose your mind, raise your blood pressure over a game on a Wednesday night in September or October, like just relax, settle down, have another Coors Light, enjoy <laughs> hockey. Because I can guarantee you, when the players leave, they're going home, open a chorus light, and playing some Fortnite. They're not losing sleep over one game, okay? And and I know Leaf fans were maniacs, and you know we're akin to the New York Yankee fans, and we everything's the end of the world. But oh, man, just settle down, just settle down. And you know it's it's no better because you know the other fans on Twitter can't take our name out of their mouth any day of the week either. So it gets us all riled up, but we just need to learn to settle down. This isn't the team we're going to the playoffs with. It's okay. You know what? Everybody's mad about the the salary cap. Guess what? Only four teams aren't at the salary cap right now. There's only four of them. Everybody else is in the same situation as Toronto trying to figure it out. Why is that? Because COVID hit and the league revenue stopped growing. That's it. And by the way, it stopped growing because it's reliant on four or five markets. So I'm (laughs) sorry. If you're in... Jesus Christ, even if you're in Edmonton, you're welcome. Oh, no. You know, oh, the only no. reason you're allowed to sign <laughs> Jack Campbell. It's is at Matthew Lang on so, Twitter. It's not talking audio. So it's at Matthew Lang on Twitter. On Jack Campbell jerseys last year. <laughs> okay, everybody needs to settle down. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you just blew up our munchins for the next, I, I don't even know how long. <laughs> Look, I'm with you, man. Obviously... <laughs> Um, it's, it's early. Look, the, the Matt Murray just thing. Say Matt, if you're, Matt, Matt, listen, yeah, just, just yeah. say I'm right. Just say it. It's okay. You'll feel better when you you're, say I'm right. You're, you're right, Matt. You're right, Matt. Right. <laughs> the, the Matt Murray thing, I get why to other fan bases, that's funny. I do. I understand why you're like, ah, like that's, you, that was a stupid risk. You and I talked about it earlier in the summer. It was a hell of a risk. Does it mean it's not a good sign, but does it mean that by January, February, March, April, he's not playing just fine as your goal? Like, I, I don't know. Oh my right? God. Yeah. It, 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 I, 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 you and I both said coming into the season, him being great was not super likely, 
But even with this, it's not off the table. And they don't need him to be great. They need him to be healthy and just be okay, right? And and we'll see. I, I got to be honest with you, man. I even with the the one shitty one that got through him on uh, Thursday against Washington, I've been I've been pretty fine with the way Samsonov's played so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll Matt, see. can you tell me the name of the last three goalies for the for the Leafs? The last three. Yeah, last three goalies. Last yeah, last three goalies that were like starters for us. Well, Eric Shogren, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, not not Shogren, but <laughs> Campbell. Like, you know, guys who were starting multiple games. Yeah, Freddie. Right? Jack Campbell, yeah, Freddie, Freddie Anderson, yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't know how far back you got to go here. Is it Burn yet? Well, then you got to go back maybe a little farther back, I guess. So maybe let's stop, stop at those two. But what did those two guys do after putting up decent numbers once they left Toronto? And I know Jack Campbell's been two games, but dudes look like a sim. He hasn't been good. So the Toronto is defense it, is underrated. It really is. That's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah. It, you know, do we do we have all world stoppers? No, and maybe we'll always take flack about that because when you need a, a stopper, we don't have it. But I think the system, the way that we get, especially Keith, man, he gets his forwards back yep. checking, playing defensive hockey. Yep. This is a solid defensive squad. Matthews takes shit, but let me tell you, that guy plays defense. Very he puts his body. Mitch is, is a he laying? Is he laying big hits? No, but do they put their body? Even body Willie, to body? who people love to crap oh, all my over. God. Nobody has like more stick lift takeaways oh, than that guy, right? So like, good. no, he's not going to check you, but he's going to. He'll, you know, like it's w- just Willie not, and Matthews. Yeah. Will, and sorry to cut you off there, Matt, but okay. there's one thing I love that Willie and and Austin do, and I don't want to say it's game to game, but you will see them chasing a guy down, be a step behind, yeah, catch them. Instead of just tapping the stick, they'll actually get their shoulder in front, pull the stick up, yep. take the puck, and turn and the, up the and ice. Just gone, just gone in one like, stride. Yeah, so under that. I don't think people understand how hard that is to do in beer league hockey. <laughs> okay, that is that is this dynamite, dynamite skill set. Um, and yeah, maybe the maybe we don't have the strongest defenseman. Uh, listen, I. I, I Man, Muzz looks like a zombie out there it's right a bit now. Rickety, yeah. Um <laughs> little bit, you know. Um and like we were talking about on, on the on the text, we need to and maybe this is what you were alluding to, I think we need to do a little more nick nursing out there yeah. and just throw some guys out. I think we need to, you know, give Sandine and Lilligren first pair you know, or second pair for a game or two games. See what they do. Yeah, the if they play bad on, in game one, yeah, pull yeah. the minutes back if, a bit and on, if the, they on the play big bad guys, in game one, yeah. don't just pull them out and say, Hey, you made a mistake, slap on the wrist, sit the pine again or go back down to yeah. Rico. Yeah. Let them play two, three games. Because guess what? Muzz isn't gonna play the whole year anyways. He can't. No. We know this. So that's let, a, that's a cap issue, right? Happen. As we talked about, is they haven't yeah. had the space. Right now, they do, and as the season goes on, guys will get hurt. They will have the space on LTIR. No, you're right. Crank those minutes back a little. Load manage Muzz or Geo if you have to. Like when you have the opportunities to do that while guys are out on LTIR, take advantage yeah. of it. Now it's the first yeah. week of the season. You, you don't want yeah. to get too uh, whatever. But no, too. let's not, let's not get cutesy right now. Yeah. But again, for the you know for the average fan on Twitter who's losing their mind over <laughs> Muzz and Hall, well, like listen. Let's give them more than, I don't know, 12 minutes and of the, lifetime. The funny together. thing is that pair Before was fine against Washington and was fine against Ottawa. It was terrible exactly. against Montreal, but let's just relax a little bit. Right? You mentioned Rico. Yeah. Any chance you were down there for uh, for Dynamite and Rampage last week? Any chance you got over? No, I was. For a little was, Okay, and honest to God, um, 
I mean, you see my retweets. I love the acclaimed. I think they're the best new talent in wrestling yeah. across the board. <laughs> um, they're so, um, you know, they're, they're good wrestlers. They're not the AEW standard five-star work rate guys. Sure. But what they do is they entertain and yeah. they make up for it. They remind me a lot of the DX guys. Sure. You know, they get people going. They're doing some funny stuff. The whole thing with uh, daddy ass. And <laughs> first of all, what the hell is Billy? Can Billy Gunn start training me? How is that guy look that good? That guy's mid fifties, and and it's funny when you look at like Billy Gunn as a and and for you good listener here, we've we've moved into wrestling and AW wrestling, and we probably aren't coming back. This no, is uh, we're here. So Billy Gunn, you know, he starts his career as one of the smoking guns, and then he does the badass Billy Gunn thing in DX, and that's the way they used him. That guy is just about like almost identical in size to Hulk Hogan, right? It's all about the way you want to present these yeah. guys, right? No one makes a big deal out of the the 24-inch pythons or the fact that he's, you know, six, whatever. He is what Hulk Hogan was in the 80s, but by the mid-90s, yeah. late 90s, it's like, ah, that's just what our guys look like now, right? But it's just yeah. kind of funny to think that in his mid-50s now, he's still out there doing this thing. <laughs> still doing that shit. And, and to go off that, there was, I saw somebody tweet this out on wrestling Twitter and the, you know, the old IWC, their internet wrestling sure. TV. You know, he's that old, right? At 50-whatever, right? Yep. Arn Anderson was like 44 when he retired. Yeah. And if you go back and you look at that interview with the Four Horsemen, I think Benoit was in the ring at that time with them, or it was Kurt Henning, one of the guys, was replacing him. Arn Anderson looks like a guy picking up a lawnmower at the Rona Center. Seriously. About to like... Like that was the principal of your elementary school. Yeah, there's a good one, yeah. (laughs) And you're you know, like, I'm like, how is Billy Gunn look like? I don't know, man. That's a. Uh, so AEW that, did make their Toronto take, debut and, and made a lot of yeah. noise up here last week. And uh, I didn't know I, a bunch would, of guys I, who got down there, but I, uh, I really wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get in on the pre-sale, which was probably the problem. But when yeah. I was able, there were still tickets, but I thought they were just a little too pricey sure. yeah. for a casual wrestling fan yeah. uh, to go down and be like, ah, I'm going <laughs> to drop, you know, I think it was like 150 bucks minimum. I was like, ah, this is just a little too rich yeah. um, to do scissor me daddy uh, <laughs> from, the, from the, you know, the back of the, the building there. Uh, and, and, you know, you know at too, the right? beginning of every episode, arena, right? there's a clip of some ridiculous <laughs> thing that gets pasted at the start of the show. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, we should wind oh. this one down here, man. As always, it's a blast when you come on and do this and, um, you know, hope things are well. Tee up the, uh, man, you are all over the place right now with the, the, the social media stuff, the YouTube stuff, the, the Twitter stuff. What's going on with you? What's going on with Swish Club? Where can the people check out everything? Uh, you got going yeah. On? Jeez. So Swish Club, I mean, I know maybe not our demographic here, but we're primarily doing stuff on, uh, we're using YouTube, we're using t- uh, TikTok as our primary, we're still posting on Instagram, yeah. but secondarily, uh, but you can still reach us there. So it's just Swish Club, spelled exactly that way. You can always find those uh, links off of my Instagram as well. I've always got those posted, we'll but we're doing a little bit more. here too as well. Always so. appreciate it. And yeah. uh, we've just been doing a lot of, as the NHL has just started, the NBA is just rolling up. We're doing a lot of who should you buy? Uh, whose rookie card should you buy hmm. before they blow up and trying to go a little bit off the beaten path as opposed to just saying, uh, you know, Austin Matthews, because obviously Slefkowski you buy Austin Matthews whatever, cars, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, looking at some guys who are maybe, uh, the guys who have to make real jumps and where you can buy some cards for 10, 15 bucks, you know, um, especially if you've got kids at home just starting to collect. So trying to do something a little bit more like that. We've been posting a lot of that content and uh, 
kind of put our mouth where our, our money where our mouth is and then pick it up a couple of these cards. So uh, check us out. I, you know, made the mistake of doing the drunk purchase during a preseason game and picked up a Dennis Malgan rookie card. Yeah, Gino Malgan. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm in the camp of let's get him back on the roster. Obviously. Yeah. Let's let him shine. Uh, but yeah, so we're just doing some fun, fun content like that. Always looking at uh, a lot of basketball, a lot of hockey, a lot of NFL stuff as well. Um, and just trying to have some fun with it. And as always, Matt does physio, doing the physio thing down here in the, in the big smoke downtown. You can find me a couple places and Matty Buckets if you want more ridiculous content like this. <laughs> we'll throw as many of these links as we can possibly fit in the, uh, in the show notes. The guy is all over the damn place. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get ready to wind this one down here. I, are you going to bother at all tuning into Thursday Night Football this week, man. What a set of dogs that have started the season on Thursday nights for for Amazon. That's got to be money well spent, man. All of these games have stunk. I have made money the last two weeks, no surprise, taking the under. The under, for sure. (laughs) These games are ending with like like hockey scores. They're ending like 7-3 or whatever. It, it, it's been weird. It's been a weird season. It seems like the defense has finally caught up to the offense. Well, even even yesterday, there was a lot of dog games yesterday. Yeah. Um, the big matinee game. Um, oh, Buffalo, Kansas big matinee City with was Buffalo, Kansas. Listen, the over-under was set at 54 and a half points. Was it really, eh? We went into quarter two, zero, zero. Yeah. So there was uh, a lot of people <laughs> losing a lot of money. Let me just tell you on that game. Uh, I came out even so i wasn't uh too upset but uh yeah a lot of team there's a seattle uh arizona game that was like 12 9 at one point it, it was bad yeah you know it, it was bad football's been, been a weird mediocre start i think we're seeing uh finally we're seeing the end of aaron Rodgers and tom brady um apologies to myself and to Schreider and her lovely husband, um, who might be your only friends who are Tom Brady fans. But I think we might be seeing the end of this happening right before our very eyes. He's still probably the 10th best quarterback in the league. So, you know, suck at everybody else. But um, (laughs) No, it's true, man. It's it's been a weird start to the NFL season. I I have a feeling they'll, they'll get things ramped up here a little bit. But for some reason... Almost every Thursday night has been just a total dog, and for some reason that makes yeah. me smile, knowing that that's what yeah. uh, Bezos spends his money on. And you're you're guaranteed on every Thursday night me to send you a text message that says blank quarterback playing in tonight's Thursday <laughs> game could not play for the Ottawa Red Blacks. That's basically how they've all come in. Yeah, <laughs> it's been the last three weeks I've sent you a very I just saved a text message and just with a blank in it. Take, um, take the under on listen, Thursday nights. Before we before we head out, yeah, shout out. Canadian wide receiver Chase Claypool. Mm, Not the greatest season so far, but man, he went off yesterday beating Tampa Bay. Listen, he's got no quarterback, but he finally got some throws. Seven catches, 97 yards, TD. He's a stud. He just needs to get to a good team. I expected Tampa to walk away with that game, to be honest with you. Like, not everybody did. Yeah, yeah. And everybody so right. did. It's been a weird start to the year. So, uh, yeah, that's a name we've mentioned a time or two before. Was it two years ago? We were talking about him maybe being part of the uh, the Lou Marsh uh, discussion. Yep. Um, be cool to see him get it going again. But as you said, he needs someone to. Uh, to throw him the ball. Uh, we'll wind this one down now that we got Maddie all wind up, wound up on the Hennessy and the, and the Leafs and the NFL, everything going on. Always appreciate you making the time, man. Always a pleasure, brother. 
Uh, don't forget, everybody else, if you want a little more fight talk, that's coming at you later this week with our buddy Steve Bunda. UFC 280 goes on Saturday. That's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, Bunda's anxious to get in here and have a pint and, and tee that up, so that'll be a lot of fun. Stick around for that. For Maddie Lang, my name's Matt Robinson. We will catch you on the next episode of Tall Can Audio. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!